welcome to the Building Bites podcast. So Building Bites is about discussions, I mean, going on in the tech ecosystem in Ghana, where we have a, a major issue for every week we are addressing, not necessarily issues, sometimes solutions and interesting discussions. Alongside, we share what's happening in tech and we round off with opportunities in tech. So if you are looking to be updated on what's happening in tech, then this is the best place. If you are looking for opportunities, this is the best place. And if you want to have some, I mean, good time listening to conversations happening in tech, then Building Bites podcast should be the one you should be on. And today, I'm here myself, Caleb Lamte, and with... Poga Kofi. Yao and Chiyosu. And we have a special guest today. Uh, he's by the name... Of Josiah Aysen, um CEO and co-founder of iSpace. All right, so if you don't know, iSpace is one of the... Or has been, and is still one of the leading tech hubs in Ghana. Uh, personally, I've gotten experience working in an iSpace environment. I've, I've not told Josiah that, so he doesn't know about it. I know if um, he knows of um, one agri-firm agri- run by a lady called Cynthia. Mm. You know Cynthia? Mm. So I, I, I worked with them for some time. Okay. Because we met through the Ghana Climate Innovation Center. Right, right, right. Cynthia was the first person who introduced me to iSpace. Mm. So Trustees Farms, right? Trustees Farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I visited iSpace, I was like, oh, nice, I, I had never been here before. And that was like 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. thereabouts, yeah. yeah. So um, it's nice, I mean, see, having you on the podcast <laughs> in person, that's so nice. So to start with, what happened in tech, Puga? Okay, so this week, what happened in tech? Um, so Z, Pay, and MoneyGram launch account deposit service in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you can, from anywhere in the world, you can do remittance from using mobile money and it will be terminated by ZPay to, according to the report, almost any um, accounts in Nigeria, whether be it um, a POS or a bank account. Um, so that's a new collaboration between ZPay and um, MoneyGram. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, Nigeria has a lot of like remittance companies and I see it as a challenging space for ZPay. But just as ZP has managed to build something successful in Ghana and other markets, I think Nigeria is capable of, I mean, they are capable of building a good business there. We look forward to see what is it, Ghanaian companies is can it do. First, is it ZP's first um, um, endeavor in the Nigerian market? Um, I, don't, I don't know from history, but I know, I mean, they have like partners they work with in Nigeria. But I think maybe there's like a more strong statement coming out that they are active in Nigeria, they are they are seen. They want people to know that Nazipi remains money too. Does ZP have an office in Nigeria? At the moment, I don't think so. I, don't think so. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good step in the direction of, I mean, making Africa more seem to be a one one continent, easily moving money around, yeah. especially with the ZP brand. So I think it's a good thing. Jose, what do you think? Um, okay, so for me, I think, um, is it going to be another Momo type, you know, set up um and if it is i'm not really phased by that but then if it's something that is going to kind of rival the likes of the paypals where you can use it to pay for lifestyle stuff um let's say my netflix account and how do they even negotiate the whole you know um currency exchange and everything else because that's the thing that africans tend to really want not any momo transfer money in there do you know what i mean we want a system that will enable us to experience these lifestyle type um activities that happen so if it's geared towards that and we're not going to lose 
more money trying to make payments online, yeah. then that's a good look. Really. Yeah, I think that's a very strong one. Okay. So moving on to the next one. Um, so I think um, a few days ago, um, Salom granted an interview. Um, I think he did um, a press interview. There was a lot of discussions. Um, a lot of issues came up. But um, Who is Salom? Who is Salom? Salom, my daddy boy. Um, Context. CEO. <laughs> yeah. CEO from, of MTN, Ghana. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I think there's a video on um, YouTube. Yeah. You could check it out. I think across all social media platforms, it's yeah. been put there. Um, but one of the, the key things that came up, um, being reported by Tech Focus 24, is um, investment and innovation is key to um, benefit from SMP policy. So, I think um, it was a question posed to him, um, basically, if he was the CEO of... Um, one of the minor companies, what would he do to, you know, take advantage of the SMP um, um, policy that was passed? If you don't know what the SMP is, it's a significant market player. So it's just a position put on MTN because of the America share to help, you know, um, stimulate competition and not, you know, have a situation where we run into a monopoly. Um, it's very controversial how it's, it's, it's been implemented. A <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I think it's already a monopoly. And I also think mm. the SMP is making MTN become really a monopoly. Exactly. It's making them more. I mean, it's, I I think it's 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 a good um, policy, but probably, you know, these are some of the policies when it hits the ground. Um, there's challenges in it, but um, I think it's it's good to make sure that MTN does not become an actual monopoly. It seems that they are in monopoly, <laughs> but I mean, we when we get they become an actual monopoly, that would be much more even worse. Um, Caleb? Yeah, so I don't know why. I mean, I like it that the government is self-aware. Mm. <laughs> if it was a person self-aware that yeah, MTN has a large market share. But the fact that they keep pushing it out, pressing it out, like making it obvious and obvious, I'm... I mean, it's like Apple doing something bad and I want to, something good or bad, and I want to, let me, let me say something bad, and I want to grab attention or get Apple's attention to a larger audience. Definitely, people want to hear that bad news. They want to know about it more, especially if you present it as a bad news. I mean, bad news sell, sells a lot, and that's how government has positioned MTN. Like, MTN is kind of like a bad news in a good way, and they keep selling the market. How would you expect um, another user to choose Another mobile money net, I mean, mobile network. If always they keep hearing that MTN has the largest subscriber, MTN has the biggest market share. Because of that, MTN's um, data cost is even higher. That is even a sure sign that MTN is probably the best network I should be on. It's a sign that I mean, that's the best place everyone is on. So why not? I mean, it's a bandwagon. Let me jump on it. But I mean, it's good. It's not good. But I think government should probably see how to present um, this issue, this SMP issue. Obviously, they're already ahead. They are, they are already a monopoly. I don't know why we make it seem like they're not a monopoly. Because even looking at, I mean, coming from mobile money perspective, it was ha handling over, I think, approximately like 70% 70%. of the market. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a monopoly. And the next competitor was having, like, I mean, Buddha, that's like Vodafone Cash, like 20% or some, somewhere around that. And it's obvious that it can, they are not... They are not competitors. There's already the market. So let's find ways of making the others appear well. And the challenging thing is that MTN is a public company. People have shares in it. Obviously, they don't care about making it work. So whatever you do, I'm focused on my shares appreciating. The other networks, government, you own major parts of it. So, so sold major parts. You've sold major parts. Why do you want me to 
follow you. Once I, if, I even know that sometimes you don't keep things well, you don't maintain things well. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to choose. So, this whole discussion about SMP, I think to some extent it's, it's um, unnecessary. Let's just encourage or see how we can position the smaller ones to grow. And, and, and I mean, allow MTN to be, they are doing well. If they are not, they are not doing well, they wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah. Well, so for me, I think um, the talk about monopolies really is it's not relevant to anything. We should focus on the services that they give the end user, right? Uh, because the fact that we are more focused on it being a monopoly, their data bundle just went from God knows how much to what. You know, every month they will get up and just chop yeah, it up anyhow they want to chop it up, yeah. right? And and that just speaks to the fact that, like you said, if they got 70%, they do what it is that they want. Mm -hmm. So the government focus should really be about the end user, the services yeah. that they give into the end user, rather than making sure that they don't grow any bigger than <laughs> they are. I mean, if the person is already eating and they're getting fat, what are you going to do? You're going to okay. stop them from okay. eating. It's just the question is, how are they providing a service to the end user? Yeah. That's much more important than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think everything has been said. Okay, it. so the next one is um, NCA outstores a five-year strategic plan. I think it came out on December 16th, but I think we missed it in our last um, episode. So um, basically, it's a five-year strategic plan for NCA. Um, what they're planning to do is recast the mission statement for the next five years to be moving good to moving good to grades regulator moving and from a good to moving from a regulator. from a good to great regulator an innovative agile professional and proactive regulator adapting adaptive to emerging changes in economic and eco and digital ecosystem and delivering optimal optimally to all its stakeholders mm -hmm. so uh, they have like four key um, strategic pillars the first one is um, structure and reposition research innovation pro and process improvements through NCA to be abreast with industry developments by 2028. Mm -hmm. The second strategic pillar is build, build coordination and collaborative structures for enhanced engagement by 2028. The third strategic pillar is develop and empower human resources by 2028. And um, the fourth strategic pillar is optimize current resources, diversify and develop new areas of growth including revenue. Um, yeah, maybe I'll start with you. Mm -hmm. What do you think about, you know, NC as a whole and the uh, five-year strategic plan? Um, I don't know if you've seen the whole story. I've not, I've not seen the whole story. Uh, mm. I think it's good It's good to plan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to plan. So, I mean, yeah, starting from somewhere is good. But implementing it will be another thing. So, yeah. if you can implement it just as you are saying, I think it's good. Okay, so for those who have not seen it, I've tweeted a link on my Twitter. Um, you can check Poker Coffee or Instagram, also on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You can read the whole report. I have not read it. So I just looked at just the major points in it. So if you're interested in reading it, you can check my social. Um, Caleb? Um, I mean, from what I've read, that's a strategic pillars. I think, uh, yeah, it's a good starting point. As you said, implementation, implementation, implementation. Like a startup, ideas are cheap, they say. Execution, execution. So if you're able to execute, awesome. Um, if they see that they're not executing after a year or two, uh, they can redirect the funds somewhere. And I'm sure we'll all be safe as a country. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's your impression about the NCA in general and 
<laughs> what do you think um, would they be able to deliver I'd rather stay safe on this one. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I mean, when you're talking about go to plan, um, but implementation is key. And even in the pillars themselves, they looking at human resource, right? See, so I'm sure they themselves have realized that they don't have the capacity in certain spaces. Mm -hmm. And I think in Ghana, we love slogans a lot. So <laughs> moving from good to great, it, you know, sounds very Trumpish, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> but we'll see. And it, it stems from how they're going to achieve it, yeah. right? Um, and funny enough that we talked about the likes of the... Um, MTN, with MTN you know, being a monopoly, how is NCA going, going to, to address that? Right. Yeah. See, so all of this kind of <laughs> is in alignment. Mm -hmm. So if they want to be great, mm -hmm. then they need to tackle this monopoly issues, issues and yeah. being seen to be active yeah. and bringing in policies that will rein in a lot of these agencies and then ensure that you know, the new technology, I'm guessing them talking about new or emerging technology, they're talking about AI and all yeah. of these other things, yeah. right? See, so how are they even going to play in that field? Yeah. Do they have um, the capacity to do that? Mm -hmm. If they're not, are they going to partner with private sector or are they just going to, you know, bow down to the likes of the MTN and Vodafone and all of these other yeah. things? So it's good to plan yeah. and it's also kind of good to understand that this is where we are and this is where we want to get to. So... We will support them yeah. and criticize them when we need to and praise them when we need to. So, fingers crossed, hopefully it will work. Yeah. Okay, great. So, you take over yeah, the I next session. Okay. So, I think go to the next session. All right. So, um, on the next session, that's the main, the main, the main food on the table. If that, that, acronym, that idiom works or whatever it is <laughs> works. Uh, today, we are talking about the rule of um, house in Ghana. Or, yeah, the rule of tech house in Ghana in the startup ecosystem. In our earlier season, we had a discussion on that, just the three of us, myself, Foga and Yao. But today we are glad, excited, happy to have Josiah here. The experts. The experts, experts yeah. on it. Because I know people in that in that earlier season, people mentioned we had on the hubs. I mean, they felt we, I mean, we were very critical of them. I think sometimes it stems from the point that we also we are also more of like the entrepreneurs. Not, we've not been like in the hub space or no. the hub manager, so we can't appreciate the perspective well. And that's why, uh, I mean, having you here, Josiah, it's a great one. So to start with, I mean, Josiah is the co-founder, or the founder? The founder. The founder, founder. Yeah, co-founder. Uh, mm -hmm. The founder of iSpace. Has been running iSpace for almost more than a decade. 11 years now. 11 years yeah, it now. It's like a prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> 11 years now, so I, I, most people, I don't, I'm not sure those listening, you've had the relationship last for 11 years, but that's just by the way. <laughs> So um, I'll just briefly introduce um, the Gina, the Ghanaian tech ecosystem, and we we dive in straight into the conversations. So I'm going to read um, a short um, highlight from the U.S. Trade Office, um, talking about the Ghanaian tech hubs. So I read. It says um, Ghana ranks highly among African countries for ICT use. There's a vibrant and geographical dispersed startup ecosystem that is developing solutions across numerous sectors. There are more than 100 tech hubs and accelerators spread across Ghana with a concentration in Ghana's three biggest cities, Accra, Tema, Kumasi, and Takradi. There are notable hubs in these regions. Among them are MEST, Impact Hub, Cosmos Innovation Center, Node 8, 
And I'm adding this on myself, iSpace, if you don't say the iSpace. I'm surprised we're not there. But yeah, we're I'm, I'm surprised. Real. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, because when I saw Node 8, there was yeah, something. how they move. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> that's a different conversation. But yeah. So it says there's, there are also several dedicated business chambers, including the Ghana Chamber of Young Entrepreneurs, the Ghana House Network, the Ghana Startup Network, among others. And I think you are the president for the Ghana House Network. Ghana yeah. House Network. So yes, exactly. How are you going <laughs> to... Anyway, proceed. So uh, the other things, talking about their programs, their challenges and all that, but we'll we just want to kickstart the conversation um, from here. And what's the, I mean, the growing importance of housing, fostering innovation and entrepreneurship. Maybe I want to start for us as entrepreneurs before we come to the experts. So, so yeah, how do you think house have been important when it comes to uh, innovation and so I believe in the hub when you get into a hub mm -hmm. they aren't just designers they aren't just developers they aren't just people with brilliant ideas yeah. almost everybody is there yeah. we meet together we have one place unified place we can all go yeah. meet together test ideas we also have people who have done it before yeah. and then test ideas and make it work I think for it being a place where young people with ideas and who can do stuff can meet mm -hmm. for that alone i think is 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 very important in our ecosystem mm -hmm. and i think it's good we have josiah because one i want to know how it was like when there was no having that. <laughs> how 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 was that like and then how was it i just want to know how that was like when there was no happening ghana how are things running i mean where people who wanted to do tech who were very new to it mm -hmm. how how are they assessing assessing knowledge assessing the community I think in the early days, the community was very, very important. It was very important in driving what we know now, that we know people are raising money left, right, center. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Jose, I will come, I will come to you with that question. Poga, has um, Hubs fostered innovation? Yeah, yeah, I think um, Hubs are like, um, think if you, know, if you take like um, startup as um, a seedling, Hubs are like the greenhouse, you know, that provide the optimal conditions. Yeah for these, you know, seedlings to grow and become healthy plants. They, um, so they are very important. They, they provide a lot of um, um, stuff. I mean, you could find your co-founders there. Um, they could help you to set up your company, which is very important. They could help you in, you know, developing your business structure and all of those, um, you know, finding investments. Um, Hubs provide all these things. Um, I think also especially the community that um, Hubs creates are very important to the growth of companies and, you know, the startup ecosystem at large. So um, they are very strategic and important um, elements in the startup ecosystem as a whole. Yeah, okay, so for me, same. I think Hubs were the, the first group of places I found, like, things like startups happening, apart from reading it online, because sometimes when you read it online, and I have to find a way to connect it underground. So how do you connect underground? And that is where Hubs opened that door for me. Because if I didn't, if I hadn't got introduced to certain Hubs, I I would have never thought like giving that tech companies in Ghana. I never knew tech was run by younger people and all that. I uh, maybe Zuckerberg would have been like still a mystical person to me until I got involved in Hubs. So Hubs really shaped. I mean, once once Jenin in tech startups, I don't know about maybe other kind of industries, but I know for tech tech startups, hubs have been very instrumental. Yeah. Tech careers. Yeah, tech careers as well. Yeah. yeah. So not just for 
um, entrepreneurship startups, even the careers that came out of it was, I mean, what are you going to do what we call product design? Where mm. was product manager? I mean, who is that? What do we understand even by a founder? And I think it was take that brought some of the things out because mo- those times you used to call those who start companies maybe MD because that's what our parents knew. Yeah, it's an MD, it's an MD, our best CEO. But nobody called anyone like really a founder. Nobody goes. We all, we all assume we are inheriting these things from somewhere, but hubs have really shaped us there. And for you, Josiah, I... What happened? How did they get into this whole house space? <laughs> so I think it was some sin that I committed in my past life or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they just jumped, you know, get dropped in. So we go back to what 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the UK, and one of my friends calls and says, "Okay, they want to organize an event um, for um, entrepreneurs, so people to create mobile um, yeah, apps and all of these other things." And bear in mind, I'm a corporate person, so <laughs> I'm I'm the business side of tech, yeah. not the tech. development tech tech, yeah. right? And so the idea was just come down, um, have the event, and then see what happens. Okay. So at that time, there were no hubs, as you mm. call it. Mm. And so I came down 2011. Um, we then naturally put it out and then um, do mobile apps Ghana at that mm-hmm. time, okay. where we had the likes of um, Seya Mobile, yeah. Nandi Mobile, yeah. and then um, we had um, Farmerline. Yeah. Um, so they came third, Farmerline came third, Seya won, and then Nandi Mobile. So we gave money to all of these other people, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so the conversation then after that was, hold on, we need a space for people to kind of um, come together to work. Yeah. And bear in mind, the only person that comes out of, um, or the three that I mentioned, was um, Farmerline that was outside of the MES cluster. Mest, yeah. So MES was one of the first... Um, incubators they were never a hub because hub is a place where everybody uh, goes to connect yeah <laughs> right but whereas yeah. mess was just an incubator where mm-hmm. they brought their own people so naturally they were not classified as a hub yeah and again as we know in ghana renting a place was expensive because you have to pay three years in advance and all of these other things and at that time getting a space was costing about three thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. right yeah. and then the internet and all of these other things so the idea was okay get a space bring all of these people together but i think where we made a mistake was the fact that we assumed that developers were entrepreneurs right and that's where the startup comes in, <laughs> okay right yeah. but we can talk about that really. <laughs> and so when the space is open, bring the developers in, and that's where you had a room full of developers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, um, the thing that you talked about, where were these people coming mm-hmm. from? So rest in peace to two people, um, Guido um, and Emmanuel Ochi, right? They, um, they were almost like the first people to kind of form these developer groups. Okay. Um, so you saw the first creation of the Python groups and mm, wow. the Google um, developer groups and all of these. So they used to meet at homes. And you know how technical <laughs> people are very introverted. Yeah. So they just kind of meet by themselves yeah. in groups and all of these other things. So coming into um, hubs was kind of new to them. Mm. Again, when you do events, it would just be them in the space. Um, they didn't have a clue on graphic designers, what mock-ups were and all of these other things because they were just coding blind. You have yeah. an idea and it just code. <laughs> yeah. Then... Again, product developers and all of these other things. So for us, when we first started, those skill set were never in place. Yeah. It was our job to kind of put all of that in place. Yeah. So Ghana's um, introduction to this whole hub space started with developers yeah. just kind of meeting 
themselves. So you had Ghana Think and all of these other yeah. people that, you know, would bring developers together. So our industry was more developer-driven than okay. entrepreneurial-driven, right? Um, but now we're kind of in a different space yeah. um, with that. So, yeah, I mean, that's for us. That's what the whole genesis yeah. was. So for us, 2011, 12, 13, none of that. It was um, Impact Hub was Hub Accra, yeah. and then they changed into Impact Hub. So it was iSpace Impact Hub, um, or should I say Hub Accra, were the only two hubs in Accra, wow. generally speaking. Wow. And then they changed into um, Impact Hub, so we became the only ones that was indige um, indigenous, right? Um, mm -hmm. So we were the only people that, I would say, Ghanaian-owned, run, yeah, and everything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, but now... I mean, there's about hundred <laughs> yeah. spread across. Hundreds so, of yeah, yeah. them. Hundreds of mm. them. So, Avi, how you've 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 mentioned clearly that it was driven by developers, mm -hmm. and in all sincerity, did you f see success there, or success came when it became a mixture of people? I I know yes. I mean, times have changed, but sincerely comparing, do you think developers were more impactful? in this house, they created more value for this house, or when the others came in and there was a mix up of business and designers and all these things, then the house really got together well? Um, this is a great question. So I think um, developers were benefiting from the pitchpreneur mentality, right? Because back in the day, developers would do hackathons, they would create something, win the, the pitch, get the money, spend it, don't have to create a product, right? <laughs> yeah. And everybody was cool because people didn't even have the um, idea of, let me even launch this product. How yeah. am I going to launch this product? Yeah. You know, product life cycle, nobody talked about that. So <laughs> you just do one, two code, you show it online, you pitch, and then you win the money and then that's it, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. But it was when the structure came in, that's when you saw that people started building businesses, right? Wow. Um, figured out, okay, now we need to register our business. Now we need to launch a product. Yeah. How would that work? We need yeah. these these kind of people to be working in our, um, you know, company because UI, UX, um, you know, front end, back end. Because back <laughs> in the day, most of developers front did everything, which is yeah. front end. Yeah. Most of which is front yeah, back end. end yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't it's work. Just, front it end really to pitch. It doesn't work. It was, yeah. yeah, front end to, to pitch. pitch. That was it. It yeah. was nothing else. I'm yeah. glad you saying it <laughs> rather than me. Because, you know, and it was, <laughs> it was just front end to pitch. It was never back end to create a product to really develop a product. Because for me, back end people are the ones that create the product life cycle. They're the ones that will go through the whole process yeah. sorry but then it was just the front end guys would just create a nice looking thing and just yeah. win the pitch and that was it but now after that that's when the structure came in so mm -hmm. that's when the, all these other you know um, skill sets came in mm -hmm. where we now understand what the business development person is mm -hmm. right yeah. um you know a graphic designer yeah. and somebody that would even from a social media point mm -hmm. of view and all of these things you yeah. realize that yeah. that's what a startup then becomes oh, yeah. and when you were talking about um, parents with the titles that we had CEOs, and you had two people, two friends that would call themselves CEO and CTO. And then you just a hold up a second. CTO, that's a chief technical officer or te um, technology officer. Yeah. First of all, you don't have a technology. So how are you the chief technology officer you don't, you don't for the two people, of you? So right? what makes you a chief? chief yeah, because the chief is supposed to be person who looks after a community, yeah, all the people. But it's just you and your business partner. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so... That was problematic yeah. for us. It's just trying to rein in that mentality yeah. and moving them from just pitching to just win money yeah. to now where we have a little bit of structure. So I think we were successful 
in winning pitches, but we're much more successful now in building businesses. And I think that's where we're moving to. That's that's really insightful. Because, I mean, we are all um, MEST alumni. Right. And one of the things, I think, maybe, I don't know whether we learned it before MEST or in MEST, we came in with that, it was that somewhere, somewhere, we had all built the pitch funeral businesses. Mm -hmm. Businesses that has, like, nice front end, nice mock-up, you you win the promotion or whatever you win the hackathon, mm. then the the business the the product or the project ends there. Right. You take the money, you spend it. But it, I think most people got to realize they wanted to really build businesses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you realize, okay, I'm a technical person. I mean, I don't have a solid business background, so I need I need an environment where I can connect with other people. Some some of us realize that ah, we're business people. We don't enjoy the tech. We don't see ourselves even doing the tech. Why don't we join a community and get, I mean, some of these tech people coming in? So I think that is a key thing for anyone maybe listening who is thinking of being an entrepreneur or something. Separate the pitch business from the real business. Yeah, yeah, it is real. I mean, I, you're going to hear the Black Stars um, analogies a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I hope you permit me to do that, to separate the pitch business <laughs> from the real business. Our love for the Black Stars is based on history and things, the mm-hmm. players of old, and that's the pitch. That is what you pitch for us to wear the jersey. And then, <laughs> but when you get on the pitch, it's exactly uh, opposite <laughs> to what we get, right? Okay. Because running a business is serious. Yeah, it's serious. It, it takes a lot of brain power yeah. to do that. Yeah. And Ghana's problem has always been the fact that the developers were the rock stars, yep. right? Yep, yep. But in reality, in when you think about business, right? Yep. Like even we're looking at this table, yeah. the product is actually 1% of the business. Yeah. Because a good product with a bad business sense mm. will fail. Yeah. Yeah. But a bad product with good business sense would win yeah. any single day. Yeah. Right, any single day, mm-hmm. and because we've not really kind of honed in on that, yeah. we kind of made the developers the rock stars, <laughs> and that's why you had situations where we focused a lot on the front end yeah, stuff front end and never stuff. really had products yeah. because the developers were never forced to sit down and say, Finish this product, they move from one. Um, you know, partnership, mm-hmm. create a product here, and oh, yes. today I don't like the codes, I'm going, <laughs> then go somewhere else. And that is part of our Achilles heel. And I yeah. think for us, yeah, knowing the difference between the pitch yep. and running a business is something that we're still making that transition, but we're going in the right direction anyway. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So um, we, don't, we don't want to be, and uh, we don't want to look as if we are on the developers side, yeah, right, side right, right. now. Yeah. I mean, it's just a general conversation. That's that should tell you how hubs have been very instrumental because even till now, it hasn't got into the heads of people, mm-hmm. especially younger people starting startups. That I mean, because you are the lead developer, because you are the business, it doesn't mean I mean no, you are better than anyone. Mm. Everyone plays a key role, and that is why I think hubs are important. And in the journey of hubs. How did government NGOs play a role? Because this started specifically from a private side mm-hmm. without government interventions. So when did government come in? How did they play a role? When did the NGOs come in? Um, the NGOs have kind of always been there one way or the other. Um, they've supported programs, um, particularly in 2016 when we saw the, the boom of the gender agenda. 
yeah. right? Um, so promoting girls to code and yeah. all of these other yeah. things. And so a lot of the NGOs funded these programs mm-hmm. um, to ensure that, you know, people were teaching women how to code or people with disability or mm-hmm. uh, marginalized communities and whatnot to code. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, again, we focused on coding, <laughs> not anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's where they came in. Yeah. Um, government really came in um, at a tail end from, let's say, 20... 18-ish, right? But when they came in, they came in through NEIP, where NEIP, which is a National Entrepreneurship um, Innovation Program, where they came in into the hub space was mainly through entrepreneurship. So again, with them, they they came in where they had, let's say, somebody that wants to be a farmer. Then they send them to the hubs and then the hubs will train them on business skills and whatnot. A lot of the hubs... I mean, when you look at iSpace, because we were tech-focused, we look at ways in which to wrap technology around what you do anyway. So even if we were selling pigs, we were looking at ways in which we can make you tech, you know, enabled, whether to create a mobile app. I don't know why most people wanted to create apps at that time, (laughs) but that was the conversation, right? Um, And so that's how government came in. I think one of the major game. I don't even want to say a a bad move, but one of the major things that government did, which was a bit, mm, was when ADC was created, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You had Accra Digital Center. Yeah. Because then what happened was then the bigger funding organizations like the World Banks and everything else pulled resources into the government spaces, right? So then that meant the private sector didn't get funding um, to open hubs and all of these other things. Doesn't um, ADC disperse these resources to the hubs? No, because ADC just became a whole bigger space where a lot of the people that we've trained all then ended up up in those spaces. Mm -hmm. Because now when you find that a lot of... When I go to ADC, for example, you see people that... You know, where iSpace, iSpace babies, babies, yeah. babies literally, oh, yeah. you're here. Oh, you're here. Yeah. But then when you come to iSpace, the place will be empty, empty unless yeah. you're doing an event. Yeah. But then these are people that we train. Yeah. And so that relationship between government and um, private sector mm-hmm. has always been a dicey one. Mm-hmm. Now, from a business point of view, dear existence is key. Yeah. Because we need government as a um, stakeholder in everything that we do. However, how we then manage that relationship is a different conversation. And government naturally creating that space, I get why they will create a space because if World Bank is going to give you X amount of money to have a space for you to do that, yeah. then it makes sense for you to do it. Yeah. Where we also need to look at the synergy or the partnership is how do we get private sector people who have experience in doing these things to run it, right? Yeah. And I think this is where the government also came in in a good way where they... Um, decided for some reason um, to put out a bid for the local organizations Mm -hmm. to kind of run hubs on behalf of the government. Mm -hmm. Um, So out of that, it was myself. um, At that time, you had iSpace make a bid, um, MDF and InnoHub and um, Kumasi Hive, right? Mm -hmm. So we all sent our proposal in and then we went um, for a meeting, right? Mm -hmm. And when we went for the meeting, I think um, I was new to this whole government um, <laughs> tender thing, right? And um, so, again, they asked for a document, and I openly said, I don't have that document, mm-hmm. so rule me out of it, right? Like, openly, in front of everybody. I'm like, I don't have this document. I have everything else, but I don't have this document, mm-hmm. so rule me out of it. And then we saw that there, there was a clause mm-hmm. in there that said um, that you had to for you to bid for the contract, you had to raise, what, $2 million in revenue 
for you to do that, to run <laughs> the hub. And so the conversation among the be people there was like, wait, no hub in Ghana has <laughs> two <laughs> million. Has that I mean, million you're million. more or less an NGO. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, so I um, kind of um, leveraged on um, the contact that I had in communications, Ministry of Communication at that time. So spoke to the deputy uh, minister and told him, listen, exit this thing because it's not going to work, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the com um, conversation then moved on to um, Inohab and Kumasi have coming together mm -hmm. um, to form a consortium for them to bid. And that's how GTL came about. Mm -hmm. okay. So then GTL then being a government entity was run by private sector, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then Ghana Innovation Hub also came about mm -hmm. um, through that. And then that was also run by MDF. So in that sense where government played a very great role is they were able to pull in the funds but realized that they can't run it themselves so then got the private sector guys to do it, which for me was a great move for them to do. So I think that's where they came in, realizing that they have a, um, a huge stakeholder um, role to play, yeah. but they did not want to become the implementers yeah. and then partner with private sector right. for that to happen. So hence how GTL and Ghana Innovation Hub and came about, yeah. Well, this I, I have a little question around yeah. GTL. Okay. Uh, I speak to a number of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I speak to a number of people mm. around, I mean, GTL. We know they are visibly almost everywhere. Yeah. And they run a lot of programs yeah. and it's very loud. Mm. And I mean, uh, uh, let me be blunt. For most of the programs they run, mm -hmm. they are like, a uh, number of weeks, let's say eight weeks, become a software developer mm -hmm. and a startup. And after that, they do a startup summit and then they pitch these ideas. Uh, if I'm not being mischievous, sometimes you go into their YouTube pages, you see all the pictures, mm -hmm. and then probably maybe you visit the websites of those pictures mm -hmm. and you realize there's no product. Mm -hmm. I know you already mentioned it, but how do you feel about, I mean, hubs are supposed to be doing a lot more building an ecosystem, not just building, in my words, a show. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what, what do you think about how, the, how, how, as a pioneer of this whole ecosystem, one of the pioneers of this whole ecosystem, how does that make you feel? I mean, it makes me feel very angry. And because of that, I mean, the thought process that you have, and I've been blackballed already anyway, right? Yeah. Most people don't work with me because I have that view, like okay. you said. Okay. Um, so if you watch iSpace carefully, you will realize that none, of the funding agencies has ever worked with iSpace before. Yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed that. Right, none. Yeah. And because I'm very strict on how you run programs, yeah. you can't be a developer in eight weeks. It's almost like saying yeah, that I am supposed to be a surgeon and I realize, okay, so when did you qualify? Two weeks ago. You're going to come here in no way. Right? And yeah. so if you're yeah. a good businessman, I mean, okay, so we're in a studio right yeah. now. <laughs> Typical example, um, if the, the engineer here if I said to somebody or the engineer, I said, okay, I can train somebody to be a sound engineer mm -hmm. in three days. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll probably right now, mm -hmm. if it wasn't the fact that he wants to get sued, he would have just thrown something on my head. <laughs> because Co this is something. What do you think? Right. <laughs> you but see what I mean? His whole life, I mean, his whole lifetime doing this. Do this, right. Yeah. This is something that some people go to universities for. for. Yeah. Get for years. PhD for years. Yeah, for years. Right? For years. But yeah. because a lot of the programs that were run in the past yeah. were ticking boxes programs. Yeah. Right? 
what you happen is people just design a program and because they have to meet to certain criteria or whatever, so we just run the programs yeah. through as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem comes with hubs, mm -hmm. where we are not saying that, hold on a second, we are trying to build skill sets. We are trying to build businesses. Yeah. In the real world, a graphic designer would not just learn Figma and all of these other things in three months and you call them an expert. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. They have a knowledge of it, yeah. but they're not an expert. Yeah. So a lot of these programs, I'm not surprised that you go online and you find yeah. that there's nothing there because it, the initial program was never meant to create a product. Yeah. It was literally meant for publicity sake. Mm -hmm. We just do the program and then say we've done it and then thank you very much, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean... Even if you look at mess, for example, some of your colleagues that you went um, in the in the incubation thing, some of them just died off real quickly, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And even the ones that got funding, you had to get a lot of support for that to happen. Yeah. And so imagine in the real world where a lot of the funding mechanisms are not there. A lot of the skill set, the, the mentors that you guys had yeah. in uh, mess wasn't there yeah. and all of these other yeah. things. See, so I'm not surprised that the likes of the GTLs, because even with iSpace, we've done that. Yeah. And where you've done programs where you're now chasing people, yeah, right, to say, hold on, we gave you money. Where's the product? <laughs> Right? Yeah. Where's the product? Why yeah. didn't you have to? So then Josiah then gets a bad name. Or Josiah is harsh. Josiah is this. Josiah is yeah. calling us. It's because, dude, I gave you money to create a product that you didn't do. Mm. So what are you telling me? Yeah. And that is the problem that we have in the ecosystem. So I'm not going to sit here and act like <laughs> we're all angels. Yeah. Most of the programs are designed <laughs> not to create products. So I think I've worked with some of these hubs before. Mm -hmm. I think the problem maybe stems a little bit further than the hubs mm -hmm. itself. You know, there are donor partners right. that, you know, expect you to, they give you money and expect you to produce results. Mm -hmm. Some of them, if you don't produce results, they take back the money. Yeah. Um, they also have like their higher, you know, people that they have rich to report people to. Right. that yeah. they have to report yeah. to. So I think that's where the problem stems from because mm -hmm. some of people, it's like they're just crunching numbers. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've trained this XYZ number right. mm. and some of them will use it to feed into their foundation. Some of them might get tax breaks from it. Yeah. So I think the problem stands further than that but I think we should, you know, maybe the hub should be much more stand on their feet and say, nah, what you're asking for me is not possible, mm -hmm. right? When we were, I was in MEST, you know, y'all could attest, we were asked to create a product in a few days, some a few weeks. Some it's of them, the, some of them, you know, I think some of these programs are trying to push you to like to your limits, but also sometimes it just doesn't work. So I think it's up to the hub to like you know stand on your feet and say what you're trying to do. Even we we had like software engineering background and all, and you know taking people who have no background in you know software <laughs> engineering or anything, try to train yeah. them in um, a couple of months. I think maybe the hubs have to stand on their feet and say no, what you're asking. Of us, it's not possible. Yeah, and I hope that topic also comes back up again, so that we could uh, we can discuss why some hubs can't do that. I was, uh, <laughs> I was about coming to that. So, yeah. in regards to standing on their feet, yeah. Uh, if you are being frank, mm. most of the hubs are no hubs without mm. the programs. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> most of the hubs exist for the programs. Yeah. yeah. So when there's a program, there's a hub. Mm. When there's no program, there's, there's no, no hub. No right. hub. Right, right. How does that make you feel? Yeah. It may, I mean, as the head of um, or the chairperson for <laughs> the hubs in Ghana, it's problematic. So we've gone through situations where we're trying to standardize hubs and make sure that you have 
these things in place. So yeah. you have a physical space, you have programs, yeah. you have a community before we even flag you up. Yeah. And again, this is where the GTL problem came in, mm -hmm. right? Um, where because they needed to tick boxes, train X amount of people yeah. over time, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. It then meant that, oh, I can get my friend to set up a hub. I'll give you money to open a space and, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's where the problem yeah. comes from. Yeah. And then also, and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that a lot of these donor um, agencies, again, they were very particular in the zones in which they um, implement, implement programs. Yeah. So they will come and say, oh, um, we want to do an agricultural program, but we want to all look at Ashanti region. Yeah. So if you were in Accra and you think it to yourself, I want this money, that's $50,000 yeah. or euros on the table, yeah. but I'm not getting it because I'm in Accra. I'm going to just open a space in um, Kumasi, Kumasi somewhere. Yeah. And then, so now you saw the cluster of hubs um, yeah. around because the money was on the table. Yeah. And so after the program is done, there's no there's hub, mainly because there's no um, sustainability plan and everything yeah. else in place to say that we are actually running hubs. Mm -hmm. And the thing about running a hub is the individual that is actually the head of the hub mm -hmm. has to have at least run businesses, failed businesses mm. to be in place <laughs> to then support entrepreneurs. Yeah. But we, most of us were not in that position, yeah. right? Yeah. See, so if somebody's saying, oh, um, in order for you to do this program, you need to have a physical space, X amount of tables, and a laptop, <laughs> and then a projector, and I'll yeah. give you $50,000. Homeboy, you oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> you take it. You take it. You and I think it. that's where a lot of the problems comes from. Yeah. So it's not just um, the hub founders um, alone. Mm -hmm. They just saw an opportunity and then mm -hmm. decided, okay, since you're going to give me money, yeah. I'm just going to rent out the space. And even if after three years or whatever, there's no program, most of them were also running their own businesses yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So they needed a space to run their, to run their businesses business, from. Yeah. So the hub space, the training space became a byproduct of the yeah, space yeah, itself. So yeah. some of them, again, and I think, oh, my Ghanaian entrepreneurs are going to kill me for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think in Ghana, we don't have entrepreneurs. We have hustlers. <laughs> right? We have hustlers. What, what's great in that? So, because the environment is not conducive. Yeah. Right, the environment is not conducive. Mm -hmm. See, so where you have people doing galamsek, pa pa pa, they do this, they do that. And again, let me use um, sound engineering as an example. For um, for you to record music mm -hmm. and soundtrack and all of these other, it's different skill sets. Yeah. But then if you have a sound engineer that can say, okay, yeah, I could come on your movie set and then record for you. Mm -hmm. Then I can bring you to the studio and then record for you. And I can bring an orchestra together. You need to stand and be like, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> you one person, you could do all of these things. Yeah. Right? And this is where we find ourselves. Because yeah. we have a situation where wherever the money is, the person is just going to take it yeah. and then do whatever. So they were just hustlers. We were never entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Because if we were, would have built in sustainability plan. Yeah. As in, after this, what happens next? Yeah. But if I'm just hustling, because right now I want to be a developer. Most of the guys were technical people, and then they think to themselves, listen, if somebody's going to give me money just to happen in space and get people to pitch and I get paid for me to then feed myself, yeah. of course. But they didn't think about, okay, but we need to have programs for um, the hub itself. Yeah. And after I pitch, then what? Yeah. Am I going to teach them how to launch a product, <laughs> how to even think about intellectual property and all of these things? Yep. 
That's what hubs are supposed to do. Yeah. But because we were running as hustlers, somebody's going to pay me to just do a project. Mm. I wasn't passionate about doing the thing. Mm. I'm just going to just get the money and just move on. And that's what it is. And itself is not a bad thing, mm -hmm. but where the problem comes in, in the expectations. Mm -hmm. Because you said you were a hub, so we expected you to have A, B, C, and D, and then now you don't, and then the problem comes in, oh, this hub is not doing this, or mm -hmm. these hubs are not capable of doing that, yeah. or Ghana hubs, um, the ecosystem is not credible, because yeah. a, B, because we had a lot of people that were just creating hubs for the sake of just making money, not because they actually thought, you know, from an entrepreneurial point of view, mm -hmm. we're creating a, a community to support um, an individual to create mm -hmm. a business, yeah. right? And yeah. that's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hope I'm not gonna get you guys. In trouble. No, <laughs> <laughs> we won't trouble. <laughs> we won't trouble, as he said. So um, I mean, you know this. How has iSpace stood different? Um, what are some of your success stories? Um, how have you contributed to the Ghanaian tech ecosystem? Yeah, um, I think we've been able to kind of separate ourselves from the noise, really, because um of leadership how we determine what it is that we want to do right because mm -hmm. for me um i realized that growing up in the uk had this advantage because again working in a corporate world earlier mm -hmm. made me understand that business is not a joke yeah business is like a pandora box you open this and you find out this <laughs> you go in here and you think whoa yeah. i didn't know this i need to do that <laughs> yeah. and Tell so working with the entrepreneurs i literally bypassed um, developers. So you become into the space and you're a developer. Yes, you can learn how to code and everything else, but I was really working with the business people. Mm. And so when you come into iSpace, when we run a program, like um, when we did Unlocking Women and Technologies, our program was for a year. It wasn't four three weeks, three months, it's literally for a whole year. Yeah. So you go through learning how to code for a whole year, mm -hmm. and then you're also learning the business side of things and business development and all of that. Mm -hmm. And learning how to pitch yep. is entirely different from getting the money. That, and then ensuring that you implement what it is that you're supposed to implement and running a business mm -hmm. are two different things. Yeah. And so for us, where we've been able to kind of stay ahead, quote unquote, or whatever ahead means, mm -hmm. is just ensure that from my point of view, I'm always learning on how to even be a better, um, you know, founder. founder yeah. And my team, I'm always training my team. I've taken, I think, about three or four years off, literally focusing on my team alone. I don't engage. I don't go out to go and seek funding for anything. It's just my team development every single time because I realized that that was the missing pieces. Yeah. And you can't train an entrepreneur to run a business when you yourself, yeah, you can't even run your own um, entity. Yeah. So I think that's where iSpace is kind of, um, you know, being relevant and also helping other hubs, yeah. right? Um, it's been always our thing to work with hubs. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been helping hubs um, train their staff and build their capacity and everything else because I'm more focused on that. And I think it also stems from um, a more patriotic point of view because when you speak to the Nigerians and mm -hmm. South Africans and Kenyans, mm -hmm. you hear they, they focus on business, yeah. right? They focus on business. Whereas in Ghana, we love individuals. Mm -hmm. One person is doing this, hey, because we want to be like that person. Yeah. Whereas when you look at Nigeria, the business side is what makes them the way they are. So that's where we focused on. So when you talk about um, success stories, the likes of um, Farmerline, seeing where Farmerline is right mm -hmm. now, we were one of the first people to get them um, funding because of introductions that we introduced. I think they got about 10,000 um, 
dollar, I mean pounds or whatever, um, for one of their first uh, when they first came out. Yeah. So we were able to facilitate that wow. for them, and then to see that growth that they've come through yeah. it's an amazing thing for yeah. us and even to the point where iSpace were able to co-sign um hyperspace and um Kumasi. Kumasi yeah. getting funding for them to start off their hub wow. was something that we did wow. right and um when we did um, unlocking women and technologies rather than go to a lot of these regions to implement programs. We gave money to the likes of Grassroots, um, wow. even Kumasi Hive and all of wow. these other, to run programs on our behalf, right? Um, so again, when you talk about trustees, farms, um, we've got um, Sabari Tours and all of these other people, right. we then raise funds for them. Sabari Tours is um, a tourism um, startup that looks at looking at making tourism an attractive thing for um, you know, people in local Ghana really to mm -hmm. be able to see what Ghana is about. Um, so for us, it's a bit of helping the bigger guys yeah. and also doing, um, what do you call it, the non-sexy thing, training yeah. hubs and all of these other things. Yeah. And funny enough, one of the things I would say I'm really um, glad we did mm -hmm. was even ZPay. We yeah. did um, a program, this is, um, is it 18, 1877 or 19 one of those um, numbers. It was a program that we did that we had Zakol and all of these other people. And Zipe, Andrew, I accompanied him all the way to Washington to do um, a pitch. Unfortunately, he didn't win, but it was just testament to what yeah. it is that we do, yeah. right? Um, so you don't necessarily have to be part of our community for us to support you. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that you're part of the ecosystem. Right. So I think that's what makes iSpace different in right. that sense. We don't only focus on our people, but yeah. people externally, we just help them that way. Yeah, I mean, um, that's amazing. I would, I would have expected like, just to hear startups and that would have been it. But mention the fact that I mean you you help cosign you cosign like hyper space to receive funding, start their spaces and companies that are now mature like mm. the family and the ZP and they didn't necessarily have to even be like in your niche community or like that. It's interesting to hear that. Personally I worked I, I worked um with a company in Hyper Space for almost a year mm -hmm. and I saw Hyper Space in the initial stages and where they are now. Right. And knowing that I mean, somebody had to offer a helping hand to them is significant. With the impact they are now having in mm. like Kumasi, it's amazing. So it's nice to hear that. Uh, I hope you, you continue supporting the whole ecosystem. Yeah, we, we have to. We have to. Um, because innovation right now is a serious thing. Yep. And the hubs um, play a huge role. But as to what the next phase will be, God knows. Mm. Um, do we then kind of... Um, look at ways into reducing the number of hubs that we have across the various regions mm -hmm. by standardization to ensure that you meet this standard, you do this, and then you uh -huh. go through certification. And I think that's what Ghana Hubs Network is doing, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the programs that we run in, once you go through the programs, we then give you certification mm -hmm. so that everybody knows that you've been trained in X, Y, and Z in order for you to be able to support the entrepreneur because you cannot okay. work with entrepreneurs when you don't even know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. So, um... Just to know, how was Ghana's um, Hubs Network set up? Um, was the support from the, is there any support from the government? Is there like um, a, um, a legislative instrument backing them? How was it set up? Um, so we don't have like a legal backing. Um, we just have self-governing by the Hubs itself. And how that was even set up was a strange thing. Um, we all came together, I think 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and the conversation was around the fact that Accra was getting a lot of the 
um, support when it comes to hubs and blah, blah, blah. How do we then ensure the smaller hubs, quote unquote, mm. come together and get the same support? So that's where Ghana Hubs Network came about, right? Okay. Um, was literally formed to support other hubs outside of the major regions. Yeah. And our work really is to ensure that hubs get the support that they need, mainly because when funding was done, if it's not MES, if it's not Hyperspace, if it's yeah. not um, um, Hopping Academy, yeah. if it's not iSpace, yeah. you know, if it's not Impact Hub, yeah. then nobody got the support. Yep. And the smaller hubs were trying their best because remember, most some of the smaller hubs were actually responding to community needs yeah. more so than the, the bigger, bigger hubs were. Yeah. And they're not surviving, so how do we then help them survive? Yeah. Then we came in with building their capacity. So the Ghana Hubs Network really is focused on building capacity of hubs yeah. as opposed to competing with hubs. So our role mm -hmm. working with government is to ensure that, again, we have this policy thing that we're working on, the Ghana Startup um, Act yes. that we're working on. And that came about because Ghana um, Hubs Network did a 25 days tour around the nation. We got on a bus oh. 25 days around the various regions. And a lot of the things that came out was um, access to funding, access to market, infrastructure, the gender issue, um, investment, and all of these things were things that a lot of the entrepreneurs were talking about. Yeah. And so the idea was, okay, so how do we then push that to government to tell government they listen? People are doing amazing things in these very regions, but you're talking about after, 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 but they can't get access to even their own local market. Yeah. How does that work? They can't get, um, you know, funding and all of these other yeah. things. How is that going to work? And I think that's where we then will work with government when it comes to policy, but we don't have like a legal backing to say government supports us to do this. We gonna govern ourselves, yeah. so to speak. And we've done enough work now that the government now is working with the network to work with innovation hubs and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So, one of the, how, how is the government? What's the governance structure like? Um, the governance structure at the moment, we have the board and the board also reports to a council. The council is um, made up of all the hub founders. Okay. So, basically, when you become a hub founder and you become part of our membership, you are then part of the council. So, they then oversee what the board does. Yeah. But then... We also have a secretariat, which is independent of the board. So they run the daily programs and um, partnerships, affairs, and everything else. The board just comes in to make sure that we work on the strategic side of things. Mm -hmm. So we have three um, arms. We have the secretariat, we have the board, and then we have the council that kind of runs us in that sense. Okay, cool. So you mentioned the startup parks. Um, how is it supposed to address these challenges that you know the hubs faces? Yeah. Um, great question. So the way it's looking at it is um, when you look at the investment side, I think there was a point in time where um, you had to have like $250,000 yeah. for you to invest in a startup yeah. in Ghana. Yeah. We are talking to government to remove that. As a foreign um, investor. As a foreign investor. Okay. Because then I have to bring two hundred and fifty <laughs> before I even invest, invest in yeah. um, a startup in Ghana. Yep. And it just didn't make sense because it's getting in the way of, it becomes a bottleneck um, um, for investment. So we speaking to them on that. And then when it comes to even setting up um, local funding mechanisms, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have to understand that the way investment works, mm -hmm. it shouldn't really apply to Africa. Yeah. But for some reason, we are moving on to that space of angel investors yeah. and, you know, VCs and all of yeah. these other things. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but 
I don't know anybody in my family that would give me five thousand <laughs> to ten thousand dollars when I started a business, <laughs> right? But we talk about angel yeah, investors, yeah, and yeah. so we are talking to government and saying that we need a sort of fund yeah. that supports entrepreneurs. Yeah. Now, this fund can run across the value, um, what well, the value chain in terms of grants, mm -hmm. and then angel investors, and then VC, mm -hmm. and all of these other mm -hmm. things. So, from the initial stage, from mm -hmm. the ideation stage, let the grants and all of these people fund that. Yeah. And then from the prototype and then incubation space, let the um, angel investors fund that. Yeah. Now from the scaling or acceleration space, yeah. that's when we look at the VCs and all of these other yeah. things. Because when you go to a VC and a VC is telling you, oh, I'm only looking at tickets between $500,000. Now you think, yeah, but who's going to give me the, the starting the block before I get Exactly, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And it got to a point where people were kind of bashing um, startups that were going for grants and I'm telling you missing the point mm -hmm. the grants are needed in the initial stage yeah. we just have to guide it so yeah. this is where the policy the startup act is looking at and even with gender and when we talk about gender it's not just focused on women alone because yeah. some organizations you might have more women than have men yeah. and what does that mean so we're trying to um, emphasize that when we talk about gender people shouldn't think it's just women alone yeah. and then when we talk about people with disability and people from marginalized backgrounds and all of that mm -hmm. again that um, policy is aiming at that to ensure that women-led um, startups are getting um, better support. Yeah. Um, you know, startups that are led by people with disability or from marginalized backgrounds mm -hmm. are also getting support. Yeah. Um, the diaspora funds can also be used as a mechanism to fund startups. Yeah. Why that is important, Ghana and the diaspora is linked. Yeah. whether we like it or not. Yeah. But what we tend to find is somebody will send money home for houses to be built, they're building a house or to go to school and all of these other things. How do we then kind of channel that um, funding mm -hmm. to also encourage diasporans to fund startups? Yeah. So that's the, um, a lot of the things that the policy aims mm -hmm. to speak at, how to support the local entrepreneur through investment mm -hmm. and people with disability, the gender, access to market. Mm -hmm. Again, you might have a great product in Ghana, yeah. but it's bombing in Ghana, but it could do very well in Kenya. Yeah. How do we then ensure that we get, get you the access to that market yeah. without having to go through all the red tapes? Yeah. So that's what the Startup Act is really looking at um, solving, so, really. So I was asking, um, how, what, at what stage is the um, Startup Act? When are we expecting it to become um, law? Um, um, in the real world, I'll probably say <laughs> by the end of this year. <laughs> because, again, with elections happening, we're yeah. hoping that somebody will pick it up and run with it. Yeah. You know, do a whole, you send bolt with it and make the thing happen. Yeah. But, where we are right now is we've done the whole um, stakeholder engagement. We've spoken to people. We've got feedback and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then we gave it to MOC. Okay. Um, they're interested in it. MOC. Um, the Ministry of Communication, Communication right? Okay. They're interested in it. And the Ministry of Finance is also interested in it. Okay. And then Mesty is also interested yeah. in it. So there's a positive energy for the act itself. Yeah. As to who is going to lead it, that's where we are at the moment. Okay. Um, so we're discussing with the various agencies who's going to walk this particular document to Parliament and then get our senators and whatnot to look at it and then say, okay, this is something that we're going to pass into law. And I think this is where we need the likes of um, you guys. Yeah. We need you to go on Twitter mm -hmm. and then tweet at me, Josiah, as what well, J.K. Asin on Twitter across. Yeah. I asked her, what the hell is happening with the startup action, like, sure. right? Well, then we can tell you where yeah. we are with it. Yeah. All right? And then we tag MOC. We tag all of these yeah. other people for them yeah. to know that on the grassroots, people actually want it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, believe it or not, and I think that's some, one thing that our government, whether you like it or not, and I'm not here to <laughs> promote anybody, yeah. what they do very well on both sides 
is they follow social media. Yeah. They listen to what the people are saying. Yeah. And right now, because they're not getting the buzz, they think, okay, it's not important. Yeah. But then when you guys really start asking questions, the average person, because we even had to go through a stage of defining what a startup is. <laughs> and that took a long time for that to be done, right? Wow. And so this is where we are. The documents and everything else is packaged. Mm -hmm. Three agencies, are, you know, the ministries are interested in it. Mm -hmm. As to who is going to lead on that to take it to the next level, mm -hmm. that's where we are at the moment. But wow. yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. I don't want to say this year, so that you know, if it doesn't happen, you <laughs> start stoning me on the street. But, you know, we are making... Um, you know, inroads on that to um, hopefully because of the elections, yeah. somebody will use that as a means to kind of, you know, entice votes one yeah. way or the other. <laughs> okay, Talking about elections and politics, uh, this is a it's kind of, it's not too related to what we are doing, but uh, Nigeria's digital and communications minister. Yeah, but some, yeah, that's, be, my, that's my guy. Yeah, used to be someone in the tech ecosystem yeah. Yeah. and it's now in politics. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? I love it, but it will never happen in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> it will never happen in Ghana. Why not? Because Ghanaians by nature, we, we, we self-sacrifice for the greater good, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And when, even if you look at the way um, Bosun got into power um, mm -hmm. or into administration, he criticized government a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then when government came into power, they realized that you can't do without anything him. without this guy. Yeah, so yeah. then they brought him into play. Yeah. In Ghana, who speaks like Bosu? Nobody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could do it, but they hate me already anyway. Yeah. So there's no point in even going there. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't affiliate myself in politics, yeah. in that, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. So we don't have an out-and-out out person that we can say that is the person that we all should rally behind and make mm -hmm. things happen, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's why it's not going to happen. And it's a shame because <laughs> if any of these things should have happened, it should have actually happened in Ghana first, first yeah. before anything else because we are the black stars, right? <laughs> we, we know how to be forward thinking and all of these yeah. other things. Yeah. So I'm hoping mm -hmm. that because of these elections and mm -hmm. everything coming mm -hmm. up, some names mm -hmm. being, you know, being spoken about it, okay, mm -hmm. how do we then you know, get a counterpart as this person. Because yeah. right now, when you look at what Bosun is doing, mm -hmm. man, yeah. you know, all the um, agencies are now yeah. talking to Nigeria. Yeah. It's taking yeah. pictures here yeah. and there. And yeah. That's what our, we should have somebody that's doing digital yeah. and entrepreneurship should be doing, yeah. right? And again, it's not like we copying them, but we can fine tune their um, system right now yeah. to do what it is that we need to do. So for me, if the opportunity ever came that any party said, Josiah, go and do it, hell, I'm going to do it. Because <laughs> straight away, yeah, I'm going to yeah, do it. Because yeah, yeah. I believe in the power of innovation mm -hmm. for development. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm outspoken, so it's not a case, a, a case of I'm going to be bought by anybody mm -hmm. because I've already done this anyway. <laughs> yeah. So all it is is just giving us a bigger platform for us to do what it is that we're exactly. going to do. Mm -hmm. But as for Josiah to go and say, oh, hello, get me. No, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if they called me and said, okay, we need you to do, if, even at the lower level, I yeah. would do it because yeah. we need that done, yeah. right? We really need that done because we need to be competitive. So we need a position mm -hmm. like that for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening, um, we are talking about the role of um, hubs in the in the Ghanaian tech ecosystem, not just to startups, even like when you consider careers as well. So that's all what the conversation has been, and that's what we are still discussing. But as we come um, to or come closer to an end, uh, if if there were three key things you probably want to get fixed by, maybe. The next administrative, uh, the next government, let's say in the next four years, 2024 past, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028, what would be the three concerns for you 
if you if you think if you think Ghanaian tech ecosystem should be built, when you consider hubs, what would be the top three concerns? Um, the top three would be um, capacity building in terms of the resources and human resources that's needed to run these hubs, right? Mm -hmm. Because that would make us competitive. Yeah, a lot of the hubs, funny enough, don't even have innovation managers. <laughs> You're an innovation hub, but yeah. you don't have an innovation manager, mm. right? Mm. And that's a skill set that we don't have uh, in our ecosystem, right? Yeah. So that's one of the key things, like capacity building across the board yeah. on how best hubs can be equipped to support entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's one key thing. Funding. Mm. The government doesn't necessarily doesn't have to give us money, but they need to open the space for us to be able to then compete yeah. for, um, you know, um, for us to get the money that is needed for us to then create great programs, pay our people well yeah. for them to stay so that we can get that industry knowledge being kept in the spaces because hubs generally, people that work for hubs move from one space to the other. Yeah. So that means that the entrepreneurship space itself is not a good space to be in. Yeah. Right? Um, and then for me, policy, policy, policy. Mm. We cannot develop without policy framework. Yeah. And they need to create a conducive environment mm. for us to operate in. As to what that means, infrastructure, um, funding, um, you know, anything to do with literally encouraging even academia yeah. to work with the innovation hubs. Yeah. Because students go to school for four years. Yeah. When they come out, what happens? Why don't we have a partnership between academia and the um, you know, private sector innovation hubs mm -hmm. to then take on these projects that some of these guys are working on um, in universities yeah. already anyway? And then government will back that up through a lot of the funding mechanisms that they can be able to pull together. Mm -hmm. And one last thing, I know you mentioned three, but one last thing, government, please, you have a lot of empty buildings, <laughs> right? Empty <laughs> buildings. Yeah. Why not? you know, conduct a whole yeah. assessment on it. Mm -hmm. And then we see where these buildings are. And then rather than us being paying private landlords, we can pay you the government. You yeah. make money out of it. We can then use those buildings okay. um, to run our businesses. It will ensure sustainability straight away for mm -hmm. us. And then you government also make money because we pay you rent mm -hmm. at the back end. We and then employ people. Yeah. And then we could just move in unison. So just audit your um, empty buildings mm -hmm. and then see what hubs can do yeah. and then support creatives as well, yeah. right? Like really support creatives because when you look at the Nigerian ecosystem, mm. creatives bring awareness to a nation yeah. because people don't look at the nation because, oh, wow, music is coming out of there. Mm. Um, you know, film is coming out of there. What yeah. else is there? Mm. And so we need to support creatives. Ghana, I don't think we have even a hub that supports creatives <laughs> anyway. And that's something that we need to look into. Yeah. So for me, those are the things that I would really say government needs to um, support the ecosystem with. Yeah. yeah, I think those are really thoughtful and insightful. Actually, the one on the buildings is is yeah. very simple M but practical. Most of the buildings from the yeah, Kumas banks, some are still existing yeah, exactly. and they are yeah. still empty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's always like some Empty government office in every region. Mm -hmm. Every region, some unoccupied government office. So, if you can even start from that, that would be a good step to take. And we are grateful for that. So, Jizia, thank you so much. I have, no, I have, to, <laughs> have to. I call them unnecessary questions. Unnecessary questions. But so I, want to, so, I want to thank you for <laughs> ending the real part of the show. Let the few unnecessary questions come in and we share the opportunity. The first thing is, I know a lot of people who went through ice space yeah. and are doing different things now. Yeah. 
one just name one of them that you are very proud of. What uh, in terms of employee or um, employee? Uh, let's let's role, employee. 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 Um, so employee-wise, I think um, it has to be an accountant. Mm -hmm. um, so her name is Asumjwe um, okay. Peace. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say her um, because now she's infusing tech into mm -hmm. accountancy. Mm -hmm. So she's now built a system where other um, smaller organizations can right. then... So she's almost like QuickBooks. Okay. Okay. But then she learned the tech and then applied the skills that she mm. already had, and then now she's doing what she's doing. Cool. So, yeah, I'm really... What's the name of her company? Um, I product? will get you that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll get you that. Sure. I always seem to forget. Sure. Um, we'll add that to yeah. the... The last one is, mm. uh, I think you have a unique way of choosing where your next office will be. <laughs> I don't know if you know it, but <laughs> the first office was in Usu. Yeah. yeah Usu, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you moved to Spinktest. Um, to Laboni. To Laboni, to Spinktest. Yeah. And then you are now in East Ligon. Yeah. Is there a science behind it? Nope. <laughs> no, um, it was, you see, because the thing is, um, yes, this is science madness, mm. like, this is like a method to my madness, right? Because mm. when we were in Osu, um, because you had ADC and then um, Impact Hub, yeah. it just made sense to pull out of the space mm. because they were already, and Osu was very bougie, yeah. mm. right? Like, mm. and I'm a grassroots person. I want to <laughs> be with those um, mm. developers that will yeah. come in and sleep at a space and yeah. don't want to leave. And, yeah. Right, and that was what I could do, mm. right? And then when you look at Spintex, Spintex was never a space where anybody had a hub over there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of our programs, you had people coming all the way from there yeah. to that space. Yeah. And then with um, being here, it's because mm. I'm the chairperson for the network, a lot of um, the major hubs are already here. Yeah. Okay. So having to meet with them, I didn't want them to come all the way to Spintex to come mm. and meet me before mm. they start saying that I think I'm an overlord of this. <laughs> so I decided to come to them instead. Yeah. And I think being in this space as well is kind of teaching me a lot yeah. um, mm. about the tech ecosystem yeah. because we are closer to Mess. We're just like about 10 minutes away yeah. from yeah. Mess yeah. and all of these other things. So we need to kind of build that community. Yeah. So I think that's what um, mm. is doing for me. Ideally, I would love to move out of the crack. Mm. Yeah, um, right. mainly because I think the other regions <laughs> are doing amazing things, right? Yeah. Um, I want to challenge myself. So Takwa, uh, particularly yeah. with climate change and all of these other, yeah, Takradi and all of these other things. And talk about Takradi, shout out to, um, oh. and rest in peace to our brother, um, our brother um, yeah. Smart. Smart. Um, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. God has his plans. Um, but iCode, we are looking at ways in which we're going to support iCode, wow. um, mainly from iSpace and also Ghana Hubs Network, wow. um, to ensure that the legacy still stays and then yeah. do what it is that they need to do. So maybe you see me around that region okay. a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm moving around really was because I'm responding to the yeah. need of that community at that moment yeah. in time. Yeah. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, so thank you once again, Giselle. Nah, thank you for Just having me. Opportunities and we call it another episode so opportunities uh, for for the week of opportunities ahead yeah so there's only one opportunity uh, unicef yeah. startup yeah, lab and unicef um, yeah. partner for the fourth edition of the unicef startup lab um so yeah so if you're into any social impact um um, business, um, you can apply tech, for it. Small tech sprinkle Yeah, device. social impact that's enabled, tech enabled, tech enabled you could yeah. apply for it. I think um, according to them, they'll go around the whole Ghana. Okay. Um, so wherever you are, you could apply for it. Um, but the program will happen in Accra and if you're anywhere in Ghana and you are um, selected, they will take care of your transportation mm -hmm. to come over for... Or, yeah. um, I don't know about accommodation, but I think I read transportation. Mm. So you yeah. come over... Um, for yeah. a week or so, 
the last the last one day run um for every week for every month you come over once a week and the program will run over a period six of six months, months. Yeah. um so yeah um if you're listening there's to there's someone involved maybe we can mention um, it it's i'm not really sure but it's around 32,000 32, Ghana yeah. um for testing for building prototyping yeah so um if you're interested that's cool money i mean <laughs> the economy is trapped so every little money is, is good helps, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's it for the opportunities. Yeah. I mean, do you have any upcoming um, programs at uh, iSpace? We have a, um, a team building. So one of the things that iSpace is doing now is focusing more on the teams that work for entrepreneurs. Okay. We've I don't want to deal with entrepreneurs anymore, mm -hmm. um, mainly because your Achilles heel is always going to be your team. Yeah, and so looking at ways in which we can help you build the capacity of your team, mm -hmm. that, um, so we have a program um, coming on. I think the twelfth and the thirteenth of February. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at team building. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're interested, again, check www.ispacefoundation.com, um, and then you get all the details that you want. Sign up your team for them to understand what your vision, mission, and okay. all of these things are before yeah. they even, you know, embark on creating a product, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and then working for you so they don't. And <laughs> quit and then leave you in the midst of things yeah. or you fire them because they're not doing what they, you think they're supposed to do yeah. Um, so yeah that's the thing that we focused on right alright thank great. you thank great. you great. Great. so I mean as you have seen iSpace is key about building successful businesses not just I mean crunching numbers crunching numbers and building pitch shoo, finesse shoo, shoo, shoo. the days of pitch finesse are over now we are in the season of builders so be encouraged to build I mean iSpace has been in existence for a decade and we are glad to I mean Testify of that here. So wish you all the best. See you another time. Bye. 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 Subscribe um, to the Building Bites um, podcast on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Subscribe. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>